Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to episode number 73 of the Giant Take Podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm always joined by my co-host, Alex. So let's get this thing started. We have an interview with Authentic from Authentic and the Beard YouTube channel slash, you know, podcast, podcast on the YouTube channel. Uh, you can go check them out. We, we mentioned it again in the interview, so just stay tuned for that. It's, it's a good interview. It's very exciting. It's really fun. Um, we, we talk with him uh, mainly about the NFC East. Uh, the show has two of his friends who are Washington football team fans. And uh, he's a Giants fan, so we talk about that a little bit, and we preview obviously this Giants versus Cowboys game. So let this let, let's get this uh, started. Um, so, um, well, well, I'll start out with this: What do we want, right, Josh and Alex? What do we want? Do we want a draft pick? Do we want the playoffs? I want to get right into it right now. Playoffs. If this is highly, highly unlikely, if all the teams in front of us in the draft win. We will get as low as the third pick if we are very, very lucky. If we win the game, Washington football team loses. We're in the wild card, and I think we will be playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is a very scary opponent in the wild card round. We will have the 19th pick in the NFL draft. The most likely scenario is we get it's we lose, or we win, we and Washington loses. And we get around like the eighth pick. That that's the highest percentage pick that we will get is the eighth pick. For me, no matter what pick it is, I want the New York Giants to make it to the playoffs. Whether this is kind of a playoff game, uh, you know, environment wise for the Giants, but I think the playoffs is just a different atmosphere, and I think that's what I want is for the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, I, I think we got to value that higher than a draft pick. Playoffs and a draft pick are just two different things. As much as we're still kind of rebuilding, you would have to think that next year is kind of, this is the last year of the rebuilds in my eyes. And next year is kind of like put all those pieces together if we haven't already this year with our new draft picks and signings. And next year is kind of like, there. there's no more excuses. Next year is no more excuses for Daniel Jones. And next year is... No more excuses for the Giants, and I think if we get a playoff game this year, I think that'll you know get us off on the right foot for next year. So that's why I think I'm going with the playoff game. So for me, I think if I mean for me, it's clear you want to make it to the playoffs. You don't. You just want to win the football game that is put in front of you. And in this case, we have the Dallas Cowboys, and I want to win that game. And I would never not want to win that game unless, of course, there was some generational talent that we could possibly be getting. And I really don't think that there is one in this draft class that, um, at least from the even where we realistically be picking if we lost, realistically being picking probably around the fifth, sixth spot, um, just looking at the matchups, is there really anyone in that fifth or sixth slot that could change our franchise? I don't really think so. Could they benefit us? Yes. But I think having the 19th pick or whatever that would be, um, assuming that we'd lose in the playoffs, um, to the Bucks, which, you know, 
not going to predict it now. We're not even there yet, but I don't think we would win that game. I think it's still a better situation. Get this young team into the playoffs. Get them into a game that really, really, really matters. Um, as much as this game's important, it's not the same like Josh mentioned. So for me, you gotta you gotta push for that playoff spot. And anybody who says that you know we should tank for a draft pick, I'm not exactly sure um, if you're exactly in the right mindset as a fan for this team. So let's get into the Cowboys a little bit. And I got some Giants injury stuff, uh, especially Daniel Jones. He admitted something really crazy. Uh, or not really crazy, but pretty crazy in a press conference today. Kind of just let it out. I don't think he meant to do that, but we'll get to it in a little bit. I'm going to kind of have you hang on to the edge of your seat until then. Cowboys have scored 30-plus points in their last three games, and that's tough. Um, they they scored against, I mean, they were against not the best offenses or defenses, I guess you could say, against the Bengals, uh, against the 49ers, and then this past week against the Philadelphia Eagles. So it's like, what are what are you gonna do, right? I, I mean, these offenses are not, or defenses, I keep on saying that are not really the best, but you would hope they would do good. And I think that um, the Giants right now are not able to score thirty points. And I think we have to be honest; we're one of the lowest scoring uh, teams in the NFL, and we're not able to score thirty plus points. And Authentic, you know, mentions in the interview that we need to score probably at least 24 points to keep up in this game. And I completely agree with him. And I think this will, you know, come to my score prediction a little bit. But um, this will come up in it. But um, that's something I think we definitely need to think about. And we definitely have to mention that right now they're clicking this Cowboys offense. They are clicking with 30 plus points in the last three games. And the defense is not where it was when we last faced them. They were supposed to be the worst in the NFL or one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And now they're doing pretty good and they're getting better. So I think that's something we definitely need to take in. Yeah. And you look on offense, not, not only do they have a definite number one receiver in Amari Cooper, you have borderline number one receivers in Michael Gallup and in CeeDee Lamb. And I think that's where it's really going to be a struggle is when they have those three wide receiver sets where, we're, where we have all three of those guys on the field at once, how are we going to cover them? Darnay Holmes, is he going to be back? Josh is going to go over the injury updates in a second. But, what, you know, how are we going to cover him? Like, Isaac Yadam can't cover two people. He can barely cover one person. So it's going to be trouble – um, as much as James Bradbury is a lockdown corner, he can only take out one wide receiver from this Dallas offense, and they have so many weapons. And obviously in the backfield, too, is Zeke and Tony Pollard, so it's going to be a struggle. And I think, you know, the Giants' defense is going to have to win us this game because I don't think the offense can. The offense, I don't see getting more than 20, 24 points, 28 points. That's probably the limit. Um, and we just don't have enough talent on this offense to do that especially with a limited Daniel Jones, like you mentioned, you know, there there's just not enough to our game offensively that we'll be able to come out with, you know, 30 plus points like the Cowboys have in their past few games. Well, for me, Alex, and I think it's kind of true. We can't even see the Giants getting more than 10 points a game. We have no idea how many points they're going to score each game. It's something that you go into a game hoping that they're going to do well and score a lot of points. But we really have no idea per game. It really varies, but it's definitely low scoring most of the time. Uh, and going on to the injury report, because you did mention that, this is from obviously the 30th when we're recording of Wednesday, uh, December 30th. Full, Daniel Jones, quarterback with a hamstring injury. I'll get to that in a little bit. Cornerback Dar- uh, Darnay Holmes, knee injury. He practiced full, which is a very good sign. Limited, tight end Evan Ingram with the calf. I don't think he's going to play. Uh, limited Jabril Peppers with the ankle. That's scary. And then, of course, limited Sterling Shepard with a rib injury. Got to get Sterling Shepard always on the injury report. Got to show up. Did not practice with fullback Elijah Penny with an illness and Golden Tate with a calf. Uh, so it seems like Evan Ingram and Golden Tate, from my perspective, I don't think they're going to be in um, on Sunday. I think Golden Tate's definitely done for the season. That might have been the last time we saw him. But Jones practiced in full, yet... His ankle is not even on the injury report. It's just his hamstring. And Jones is, I don't know, because, like, his ankle is not there, so you would think it's a good sign, and he's full on practice. Yet today, Daniel Jones um, basically admitted that he can't run, <laughs> that he can't run. I mean, we, we saw it, you know, uh, 
we saw that he's not able to run really a lot, but the thing is he can't run. And that's, that's what we found out in this press conference. He said exactly the words of quote, I'll continue to work with the trainers and trust that program. I've played from the pocket the past couple of weeks, and I expect to continue that until I'm fully healthy. Oh, great. So you're not fully healthy, but we're putting you out there. Interesting. Then he says, I feel good. I feel healthy. Jones said before revealing more about his injury than ever before. I think you can tell from the tape I can't do a lot of the same things I'm used to doing. I'll continue to work to improve, but for the time being, I'll probably have to adjust the way I've played and I've been doing that the uh, that the past few weeks. That's crazy that we're putting him out there and it doesn't seem like he's fully healthy still. Uh, we put in Colt McCoy the other day or uh, the other day against the Cleveland Browns. So, you know, there's that. And then I just don't know why I would send him out on Sunday. But I mean, it is a playoff game. So I guess we want to give him playoff experience on to my three points. Daniel Jones, have him get one or two big plays if he's going to play. That's come on. That's the first thing. Wayne Gallman, let's see if he can get 100 yards. He hasn't been, you know, the best of recently. So let's see if we can get this running game, you know, better. And we get a 100-yard game from Wayne Gallman. I know this is big, but we come, we need this against the Cowboys, high-scoring Cowboys. Uh, and let's slow down Andy Dalton and this high-scoring team, as I just said. you got to slow them down. So those are my three points. My score prediction is going to be – I know we're going through this a little quickly, but my score prediction is going to be Cowboys win. Cowboys win. Yep, I'm saying it. It's going to be a 24 24- – um, I don't know, 24-14 maybe. I think the Giants get a field goal or two in there. 24-17, Cowboys win. This is a tough one. Um, I, I just, you know, the thing for me is I don't think we have enough talent on this roster to match up against the talent on this Dallas roster. And I think we're going to have to outplay them, you know, have a bit more... I mean, a lot more energy, a lot more enthusiasm than them, especially offensively where we really struggle. It's going to be a tough one. I think it's going to be close. I think Joe Judge is going to put everything he has in this game. Um, I think all everything that we can pull off, we're going to pull off. I'm going to go for a 21-20 Giants win. I think we hold them. I'm going to go with that because... I don't know why. I'm just going to go with it. 21-20 Giants win. Three touchdowns. No field goals. Nice clean win. That's going to do it for the intro here on episode 72 of the Giant Take. Let's go to the interview with Authentic. We are now joined by a very special guest, a lifelong Giants fan. He's also, you can catch him on YouTube at Authentic and the Beard every, I think it's Sunday, right? You guys do it Sunday mornings? Yeah, Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. And um, our regular shows are Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as well. There you go. So you can catch him on Twitter also at Authentic. Authentic, how's it going today? It's going good, man. Um, I'd say it's going about as best as it could possibly be going um, after a Sunday loss from the Giants. I mean... Everything kind of worked out in our favor, so I'm I'm feeling pretty good, man. Normally, after a loss, I'm pretty down, but but this week I'm feeling pretty good with a little opportunity here and going into Week 17, having a chance to actually make it to the playoffs and playing some meaningful football for you know the rest of the season here. So so I want to start off talking about the show because it's it's cool to see that it's not you know for for Alex and I right we have a Giants podcast so we we're both big Giants fans so we're able to you know kind of have the same opinions right. But you guys, you have like a different type of show where we have different fans from different, you know, areas kind of um, contrasting together. So you, you have different viewpoints, a different thing. It's like, oh, Alex and I, you know, we might think that, oh, we're both Giants fans. So we both think Darius Slayton's really good. We both think Saquon Barkley is the best running back in the league. Whereas you have different guys who don't think that way because they're different fans of different teams. So, you know, talk a little bit about that and, and about the show and, you know, what you guys talk about and all that stuff. Yeah, so um, I am a uh, a Giants fan who has lived in the DMV area my whole entire life. I was um, born in Silver Spring, Maryland, and two of my homies who have been Washington Redskins slash uh, Washington football team fans uh, since we were all kids uh, decided to start a podcast here. 
And um, definitely contrast on our show because, uh, you know, I'm coming from that Giants perspective. They're coming from the Washington perspective. Um, but I, I do think it lends to the show being a bit interesting because you're getting those two sides of the takes. You know, you can get a perspective from a Washington fan watching a New York Giants football team and vice versa. So I think it works out really well. Um, and these, you know, like I said, these are two of my childhood friends. Surprisingly, I'm not a Washington football team fan. I go back um, all the way back to the 90s with New York Giants football. I mean, Rodney Hampton, Phil Simms, Lawrence Taylor, Carl Banks. Um, I, I got to see a lot of, a lot of OG Giants players back in the day and fortunate enough to see some Super Bowls early on. I think that that definitely aided me uh, being a fan of the New York Giants early on. When you're a kid, you don't want to pick a team that's losing football games. So that helps. Um, and being that these two, these two guys on the show with me, the beard and my boy, Scotty Booms, um, are good friends. It kind of gives you that kind of camaraderie of like just talking football on a Sunday um, this kind of started off just being at Scotty's house, just talking football on Sundays at his crib. And we'd get into these crazy debates about who's the best running backs and best wide receivers and things like that. And then we just decided, you know, why not just take this to the podcast realm? Um, it might as well record it and, and have documentation of what we're saying. So that in a year, you know, you can be like, well, you said this week one and have proof on it. So uh, this year I've already made a little bit of money on a couple of bets with the fellas. Um, and, and it's been interesting, man, to see the podcast grow and see people across the country liking the podcast. We're, we're making a lot of new relationships, um, you know, just across the world, I would say. Even we got a couple fans in Australia. We got a couple fans all over the place. So it, it's been very interesting. Um, this is our second year um, doing the podcast. The first year we uh, did the podcast was, um, you know, we would pre-record the podcast and then I would have to go in and, and go into Adobe Premiere and do a lot of the editing you know, camera switching and all that stuff. I mean, it was literally taking me about eight hours of episode. It's probably the most work I've done in the past, like 10 years. And um, my boy, The Beard, who uh, also has a reselling cha uh, channel on YouTube as well called Over the Years, um, he kind of got off into StreamYard and he's not really into production like I am. By by day, I'm a producer and an engineer for artists. Uh, my boy, The Beard, is just a reseller and he was telling me about the platform StreamYard. So we ended up using that and we made that transition from going from editing the shows to going live, which took a lot of pressure off of me, got me to be able to dive into the uh, Giants community, especially um, this season, uh, you know, tapping in with big YouTuber guys. Um, shout out to guys like Entertainer, Cop Pizzle, Bad Dog. These are all guys who have had channels for years now and their, their channels have grown and they're really large channels. They were able to share their platform with us. And now we're seeing the channel grow, man. So, I mean, I think it's awesome. We're just getting our feet wet in this whole YouTube thing. But me and the boys have been talking football like this for years, man. And uh, it's just a little bit more of a calmed version on YouTube, um, which it still gets a little rowdy. <laughs> so you said, like, you work with, you know, fans of other teams in the division, obviously mainly Washington fans. Does that change your perspective on Washington? Do you have a little bit less hate for them? Do you have a little bit more hate for them? Because, you know, your friends are talking and it's like, come on, you know, stop talking about them. It's getting annoying now. Like, what's your perspective on that? I know most Giants fans, like, it's either Dallas or, you know, uh, Philly, and then it's Washington, like, are, like, you know, the little brothers of the uh, division almost. Yeah, um, I'd say with Washington, the rivalry is uh... – it's not as heated as it is with the Dallas Cowboys. My older brother is a Dallas Cowboys fan, so that makes things really interesting, even just growing up. And Dallas obviously was a powerhouse there in the 90s. Uh, things have fell off a little bit for them. But um, living, living in Washington, D.C., I live on North Capitol in Washington, D.C. I can just take a straight beeline right to the White House. Um, you know, that also makes it interesting, too, because I get a good gauge of how people feel about our team here in the city. Um and, and Washington fans have always been kind of like, we're going to the Super Bowl this year, you know, like RG3 gets drafted. We're going to the Super Bowl this year. And it, it's kind of, um like you said, I, I look at the Washington fans a bit like, you know, little brothers in a way. And the two guys I do the podcast with, they're, they're a little bit younger than me, not that much younger than me, but it, it does give that brotherly vibe. Um, with the Cowboys, it's, it's a bit more hate there, I'd say. Maybe I'm using too strong of a word, but there's a bit more hate there with the Cowboys. And Eagles wise, I mean, you know, until this Super Bowl they got here in 2017, I, I really have, you know, ignored Eagles, you know, fan base and just what's going on in Philly for the most part as a Giants fan until we started the podcast. I felt like, you know, you got to do your, your, your proper due research and, and know what's going on with these teams. So this is probably the most I've followed the Eagles this past year. Um, watching football and um, I like what's going on with them. I mean, besides that, that $60 million contract uh, or that $60 million cap space hanging over them with Carson Wentz. I like what's happening over there. I think they got their quarterback in, um, in Hertz. I think he's been playing pretty good ball. You know, when you're putting up 400 yards a game here, 
uh, running the ball and passing the ball and still getting losses. I think as a Philadelphia fan, you got some stuff to look forward to. So um, I'd say, man, with Philly, it's, uh, you know, until they, until they win some more Super Bowls and really become a threat, because they have won a division a couple times here, I'd say in the past, but um, until they become a real threat, I'm not too worried about Philly. Um, when they were in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, I was down in Miami uh, for my cousin's uh, bachelor party that he was having. And we ended up watching the uh, the Super Bowl on the strip. And I was actually, I found myself rooting for them in the Super Bowl. So I don't know if that was because they were going against Tom Brady and the Patriots. And we know that Eli Manning is Tom Brady's dad. That's always cool to have that lingering over them. You know, we got the two Super Bowls with Eli Manning, even in one season where the uh, Patriots were undefeated. You know, we kind of got that. Um, as Giants fans to hang on to for the, I'd say for the rest of my life, at least. Um, but yeah, Eagles fans are not really a big threat to me. Washington fans are kind of more like the little brother and the Cowboys fans are, yeah, they, they, there's a bit of a rivalry there for sure. So going to the Cowboys game now, um, you know, the Cowboys have come back kind of, obviously losing Dak Prescott to the Giants or in the Giants game. Um, and, you know, everyone's kind of doubting them. They were kind of already ruled out and now they have this chance that they're not even eliminated going into week 17. And they, you know, it's a huge game now. And Andy Dalton has really stepped up. You know, a lot of people were doubting what he could do. But, you know, you got to remember, even an average quarterback with that offense, obviously they have CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, um, obviously Amari Cooper also. And then the backfield, they have Tony uh, Pollard, I believe, and mm-hmm. Zeke, obviously. So they got a lot of weapons there, a decent offensive line. And, you know, Andy Dalton's been doing pretty well do you think it's going to be a tough matchup? And like, what, what are you looking for from them? Obviously their defense is slightly weaker, but we've seen improvements from them, at least when I've been watching them uh, for the past few weeks. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's one of the um, glaring points is the Dallas Cowboys defense has definitely stepped up this last couple of weeks here. I'd say three weeks in a row here Um, against a bit of a lesser competition. I know the Bengals were in there. I forget. I know there was another team that wasn't that great either. The Eagles pretty much gave them a good run. And what I liked about the Cowboys um, in this last game against the Eagles was, um, you know, the the adjustments that they made. Because in the first half, you know, Jalen Hurts was seeing a lot of success. And they they made the adjustments at halftime, and they figured out a way. Now, offensively with the Cowboys, we know they have the weapons. I mean, Dak Prescott, he's still in the top 32 quarterbacks. And we're talking about a guy who's been injured since, like, week five or week six or whatever that was. He's still got higher stats than guys who have played in a ton more games than him. Um, so they, they have the weapons over there. Um, Amari Cooper, you know, he's one of the guys who's a top, uh, I'd say top 10, uh, draft pick. If I'm, if I'm correct, um, who actually has shown up, you know, a lot of those guys, they don't take a lot of risk on wide receivers in the top five and the top 10. I don't know if y'all have noticed that in the draft and, um, you know, uh, with CD lamb, I mean, CD lamb is the guy who I'm like, that's who the giants need. We need a wide receiver that's like that, young, willing to go up and get those 50-50 catches that you could just throw up, playmakers. I like what I'm seeing out of guys like Darius Slayton. I think he's a decent player. But um, at best, I see Darius Slayton be a wide receiver three because everything has to be perfect with Darius Slayton. He kind of reminds me of a Ted Ginn Jr. Um, You know, he's got the wheels, but he doesn't have the route running like a guy like Terry McLaurin. And I think we saw the separation this year uh, from Terry McLaurin and Darius Slayton because in uh, 2019, those two guys seem to be you know, on, on course to be the same kind of wide receiver. Uh, but Terry McLaurin has drastically took a step forward with uh, his route running and his ability to make the other kinds of catches besides the fly routes and things like that. Dallas has great weapons on that offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, when, when they're playing from behind, it's hard to see them keep giving the ball to Ezekiel Elliott, but we know that that offense is predicated on the run. If they can get the run opened up, then everything else opens up offensively. Now, defensively, I like what I see out of their front four. They got some big names over there, but the biggest problem with them is their, is their secondary. Their secondary is, you know, they have trouble covering wide receivers. The giants have been pretty bad on offense this year. We're only averaging 17 points a game. That's not going to get it done. I mean, there's a glaring, glaring, glaring problem at wide receiver. And a lot of people like to say that the New York Giants won the trade with Odell Beckham. And um, I, I think in a way, it's um, neither team really won that trade, you know, because yeah, it freed up a lot of money for the New York Giants. And we were able to make a couple moves here. We got Dexter Lawrence on the line. We got Jabril Peppers and it has improved our defense. But to lose your number one playmaker like that on the offensive side of the ball especially when a guy like Saquon Barkley goes down early in the year to injury, it's going to be hard for the Giants to bounce back from that. Um, and, and now everybody knows we need a wide receiver. Everybody knows we need a wide receiver. One, you look across the league, there's nobody who's balling out um, at the quarterback position 
without having wide receiver weapons. I think the the one guy you could maybe say is in that ballpark of maybe doing it with lesser uh, talent at wide receiver right now might be Deshaun Watson. Um, but if you go and you look at his wide receiver stats, he's got two guys over there that have been balling out for him all year. I mean, they they had the ability to be able to even release a guy like Kenny Stills, who it looks like um, he's going to meet with Buffalo today. And looking back at it, I want to send a big shout out to my guy, Fisk Vegas, who I've been harping on his point all week. Six days before Buffalo traded for Stefan Diggs, Fisk Vegas made a video about this on YouTube. And he said, you know, the Giants need to go and make the move on Stefan Diggs. And Pat Shermer was our coach at the time. And Pat Shermer, he was Stefan Diggs' offensive coordinator the year before that. And I, I just think it would have made sense. You know, you, if you're going to be planning on drafting a young quarterback, you got to put some weapons around him. Um, you know, it, you just look across the league. Every quarterback that's struggling who you can at least say passes the eye test. I'm not talking about guys like uh, Dwayne Haskins and things like that. Um, you know, but all the other quarterbacks across the league, they got major weapons. You know, even a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who is a unicorn at quarterback, the dude is just completely ridiculous, can make outstanding plays. He still has probably the best weapons in the NFL in Tyreek Hill. Um, Kelsey, who is leading or well, he was leading the NFL in um, receiving yards. And that would be the first tight end to ever do that. Um, you also got guys like Miko Hardman over there who can stretch the field. Sammy Watkins, who was a top five uh, pick and wide receiver. Um, I mean, they, they got Robinson. They just have weapons all over the place. I mean, even guys that are, you know, considered depth over there could come over here to the New York Giants and make moves. And as a Giants fan, you're looking at, at games like this one against the Ravens. You're seeing guys like Austin Mack. You're seeing guys like uh, Dante Pettis out there, which those guys really shouldn't be out of there. You know, they shouldn't be out there. Um, you know, Dante Pettis was a, a, a high drafted kind of guy. But um, and, and he looked to be one of the better wide receivers for us on Sunday. You know, he was making some plays. I saw one play that my man Diggy broke down where Daniel Jones had to scramble and roll out of the pocket and move left. And nobody moved with him. None of the wide receivers. I forget what these kind of plays are called, but they're plays that are essentially broken down where people have to just use their improvisation to make plays. The other three wide receivers were literally just staying in their hook route, just stayed there. Dante Pettis was the one guy who had the awareness to be able to make a move, ran towards the sideline. Daniel Jones scrambles, hits him on a play on a third down, a completion that gets us a first down. I want to see more stuff like that. So I think Dante Pettis is a guy who does deserve his chance uh, with New York, but the Giants got to address the wide receiver position early, just like the Dallas Cowboys did. A lot of people were looking at um, C.D. Lamb as, as a pick that maybe the Dallas Cowboys should have went defense with that. But when I see C.D. Lamb out here making these plays, I mean, he makes those catches that you don't expect. And in the NFL, you need guys to make those kind of plays. You don't want to you don't want to just rely on your quarterback putting perfect passes when um, defenders are, you know, literally on the hip of our wide receivers. You, you need guys that are going to get big separation. And that's why I think that with the Odell Beckham thing, we kind of lost that trade a little bit. I don't I don't know if the Browns won that trade, but I think we kind of lost that trade a little bit because. That's the last time, um, you know, I saw exciting football on the offensive side of the ball with the New York Giants. Speaking of receivers, because this is a big, big thing on the pod, uh, Golden Tate, we both have different opinions on him. I won, I, I, I've addressed this multiple times. I think I want him to be gone. I want him to be cut. I'm done with Golden Tate. It's no more. Alex has a little more appreciation for him. And, I mean, Alex, you could, you know, address your point, whatever you want to say. Uh, I, I don't think he's like a, you know, he really likes Golden Tate, but I like, hate's a strong word. I'm leaning towards it, though. <laughs> I don't like Golden Tate. It's no, I, I want him to get cut this offseason. I think it would, you know, clear a big cap. So I just wanted to know, since you were talking about the Giants wide receivers, you know, your thoughts on him. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Gettleman probably thought that Golden Tate could be a Band-Aid for the Odell Beckham situation. Um, and Golden Tate has been a solid wide receiver throughout his career. If you look at his career, he was pretty much a thousand yard wide receiver all the way throughout his career. Even the year he got traded um, mid season, I want to say he was with like the Lions and the Eagles in one season. He still was almost a thousand yard wide receiver that year. Um, I, I kind of like Golden Tate. I think he's a good locker room presence. Um, and I, I do like his demand to win. You know, I, I think that um, what happened with him in the Bucks game, I believe it was, where he looked into the camera and he was like, throw me the ball, and then they ended up suspending him for a game. I like guys with that attitude because that shows that you want to win, you know, and, and I think that you got to breed that winning culture here in New York because we've been losing for a very long time. But the one problem with Golden Tate is the money. I think they signed him for like a $30 million contract. I mean, he's definitely an overpaid player right now at that position because he's not producing 
Another problem is we have Sterling Shepard on the same roster, and Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard are pretty much the same kind of wide receiver, same build, both play the slot. They can both make tight window catches. It's hard to see two guys like that on the field at the same time, and I think that's why we're seeing Golden Tate's numbers kind of diminish this year from what he's been used to in the past in his career. Um, you know, it's like Sterling Shepard kind of does the same job Golden Tate does. Doesn't leave a lot of room for Golden Tate to make plays. I've seen him try to move Golden Tate to the edge. Um, that hasn't been working out too much for the Giants. Um, and, and I don't know. I mean, a lot of this might have to do with the uh, Jason Garrett scheme, too. Let's not forget about that. I mean, Daniel Jones only has nine touchdowns on the season in, what is it, maybe like 13 games now. Um, nine interceptions. He has cleaned that up. But Golden Tate, I, I do think he's still a very capable wide receiver. Kind of the same thing that happened with Randall Cobb. You you saw both of them kind of fall off when they left their franchise teams. Randall Cobb kind of fell off when he went to um to the Houston Texans, kind of became a third, fourth guy in that role. If the Giants could find a way to pay Golden Tate less and somehow restructure this contract, um, I, I'd like to see him be a Giant, but I do think he's an expendable guy. That, that if you had to and you need to clear up space, you could release him, but... I think we just need to make sure that we have another guy who's going to be able to supplement his role in this offense and make a couple plays. Um, you know, with a guy like Darius Slayton on this wide receiver core who literally just can just run that streaky, you know, number nine route. Um, you need guys who can go across the middle and make big plays. And, and Golden Tate has made a couple plays here down the field um, this year as well. Um, I saw a couple plays with Colt McCoy in the game and, and a couple plays with Daniel Jones where he's made some catches where you're like, oh, that, that's a tight window that he's making the catch in. But um, I, I could see why Golden Tate is the kind of guy when talking about him, the fans could split the room. You know, some people could say, hey, I like Golden Tate. I think he's a guy that can stick around. And some people could say, hey, I think we need to go ahead and just cut ties with Golden Tate right now and try to bring in the next guy. Yeah, for me, Golden Tate, it's not like I don't think he should be cut at the end of the season. We're paying him too much money. Let's get someone else in there who's a number one receiver. Um, and then, you know, we have Shepard and Slayton kind of surrounding that number one guy. Um, but yeah, for me, Golden Tate makes good catches throughout the season, but I don't think he's the solution. He gets paid way too much money. I think he'll get cut at the end of the season anyway. So, you know, I think this argument will be over pretty soon. Um, I guess talking about Daniel Jones, do you see, you know, Joe Judge has come out and he was firmly backing him. Many Giants fans are not. Some are. Some, you know, will defend him with their lives. Um, like what's your stance on him and his future at the New York Giants? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big supporter of Daniel Jones. Um, I don't, I don't consider myself to watch a ton of college football, but when he was coming out, um, out of Duke and I got word that it was going to be Dwayne Haskins or it was going to be Daniel Jones, I started to scout both of them and I still have the notes on both of them from, um, it was March before that draft that I was doing a lot of scouting on them and Daniel Jones just seemed to be the more NFL ready quarterback. And still till this day, when I see Daniel Jones, I mean, even in relief of Eli Manning, and I'm a huge Eli Manning fan. Thank God for Eli Manning. He got us two Super Bowls. Um, Eli Manning's one of the guys who, out of only four teams to ever win a Super Bowl with a defense that is not in the top 15, Eli Manning did it twice. And one of those years, his offensive line was ranked 30th. You know, so Eli Manning, Victor Cruz, I was in love with that that combination. Eli Manning, Plaxico Beerus, I was in love with that combination. Eli Manning with Hakeem Nix, I was in love with that combination. I love Jeremy Shockey. The one thing that Jerry Reese did around Eli Manning was he built around him with the offense. We always had good wide receivers around Eli Manning in the um, beginning chunk of his career. I'd say, you know, later down the line, you saw Eli Manning struggling with wide receivers. And a lot of that had to do with injury. Um but as far as Daniel, uh, Daniel Jones goes, he passes all the eye tests for me. You know, Daniel Jones can drop back in that pocket. He can make just about every throw. The RPO is a serious threat with Daniel Jones. I think even Jason Garrett didn't know that the RPO was going to work as well as it did when Daniel Jones was healthy. I think they saw Daniel Jones break off a couple runs and go, whoa, oh, we got a fast guy at quarterback. We need to kind of implement this a little bit more into the game plan. And maybe that is a result of why Daniel Jones got hurt this year. He did get hurt on the RPO getting tackled. Um, uh, down by the legs, two players hit him. Um, but I, I think Daniel Jones passes most of the tests. The one glaring issue with Daniel Jones was the fumbles. Um, and and when I saw him this year, I want to say that was, um, let me see what game that was. I want to say it was against, I know it was, I wanted to say it was Washington, but it wasn't. It was a game we lost um, where Daniel Jones had front side pressure, got hit and fall oh, the Cardinals game, got hit front side and fumbled the ball. And that, you don't like seeing that because NFL quarterbacks, you got to be able to look down the field and be able to see frontside pressure. Now, backside pressure, that's why, you, you know, you see teams 
Um, definitely put an emphasis on left tackle for right-handed quarterbacks because that's the backside for the quarterback. That's usually where the quarterback can't see the pressure coming from. Daniel Jones definitely has to work on the pocket awareness, which in return, if he can get the pocket awareness up, that will you, you'll see the turnovers limit. But you, we got to give him the benefit of the doubt here. He's working with a very young offensive line, which I like the plan to develop the young quarterback with the young offensive line. These guys have been playing a lot better. I know in this game um, against the Ravens, we had – we allowed six sacks in that game, three of them on back-to-back, three sacks on one drive. Um, and that was when the Ravens were just pinning their ears back. But overall, I think the Giants pass protected fairly well in that game, especially in a game where you couldn't get the running game going at all and you were playing from behind the whole game. Our defense got sliced up on the first two drives. Um, I think Daniel Jones is, is the guy for now. Um, you got one more year for Daniel Jones here to show and prove. I don't know if they want to move on from Garrett, but I think it's very clear that Daniel Jones was a better quarterback in the Pat Shermer system. You know, you're looking at a guy who was 25 plus touchdowns in that system. And in this system with Garrett, we're looking at nine touchdowns. A lot of um, Daniel Jones drives have been halted where guy catches the ball within the five yard line. And then we end up having to run the ball in, but the giants have just been struggling to try to find points across the board. So I don't think that's really a good excuse to use. Um, I like Daniel Jones arm talent. I think he can throw the ball down the field. He's got great accuracy on the fade routes, the wheel routes, everything across the middle the post routes. He looks good. Um, as far as throwing the ball, the, the one, the one space where I think he could get a little bit better is when he's throwing outside the hash 10 yards or more down the field. Um, maybe even five yards or more down the field. If you look at the Bucks game on the two-point conversion, Daniel Jones is inside on that throw. A lot of people were saying that Daniel Jones was late on the throw. I don't think that it was he was late on the throw. I just think the placement of the throw was not right. Need to get that one out there more towards the pylon. And I've seen it on uh, wide receiver screens. It's just not getting there fast enough. It's not getting there with zip. I don't know if it's a timing thing with Daniel Jones because he does seem to have a strong arm when he throws across the middle, but it's those outside throws. I think the Giants need to commit, and I like how Joe Judge is committing to Daniel Jones going into this next year. Hopefully he has a good year if they can put the wide receivers around him. I think we all know he needs the wide receivers. You know, I'd like to see us go out there, get a wide receiver in free agency, and draft a wide receiver in at, in at least the second round. A lot of wide receiver talent can fall to the second round. If you look at, you look at wide receivers across the board, um, as far as guys at the top of the league right now, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey at tight end, George Kittle, even Tunyon, who's got 10 touchdowns, 11 touchdowns with the Green Bay Packers. None of those guys were drafted in the first round. But they chose Evan Ingram as, as the pro bowler too. Yeah, and, they, and, and I do think Tunyon got snubbed. Um, but Evan Ingram, I think, was maybe the next guy in line. You had Logan Ryan. Oh, not Logan Ryan. Logan Thomas uh, from Washington. But uh, the NFC has been, you know, there's been a lack of tight end production in the NFC this year. There hasn't been a lot of guys out there. So I think it was like, you know, who's the popular name? A lot of this goes uh, voted on by the players, voted on by the fans. And Evan Ingram has been a popular name. But Evan Ingram, he's a guy who has the skill set. But, you know, it's just the, the consistency thing with Evan Ingram. He's got to find a way to consistently catch the ball um, and, and, and consistently be a guy that Daniel Jones can rely on. You know, you don't want you don't want to have two and three guys on the team dropping passes. And Evan Ingram has been the drops for him his, his whole career, pretty much. He's got one more year on the contract. I think um, this next year is going to be pivotal. You know, you're going to have Saquon Barkley coming back for Daniel Jones. You, you probably have Evan Ingram coming back. I know a lot of people thought that injury um, in, the, in the Ravens game was an Achilles. Thank God that's an ankle. So we know Evan Ingram should be coming back next year. They don't have the option in the fifth year. Daniel Jones will also have the option that same year. Saquon Barkley will be due to get paid. I think it's going to be um, an interesting year in 2021 for the Giants. But if they don't bring in a weapon for Daniel Jones, it's going to be the same story all over again. I think you're going to have that split with the fan base saying Daniel Jones is not the guy. And then other people saying, well, where are the weapons? And I, I just think it's proof in the NFL here. You got people, um, you know, Kirk Cousins is a good example of it. You put weapons around him, he's a good quarterback. You know, no, I, the very true point. I mean, you bring up uh, and and Evan Ingram. I mean, he shouldn't. I I don't think he should have been in the Pro Bowl. But and that's as a Giants fan too. But I mean, yeah. it, it, it is what it, whoa, <laughs> uh, it is what it is. So so I think yeah. it's all good. Um, so Sunday now, right? Uh, Giants versus Cowboys. It's going to be at one o'clock. We're not prime time, but I did see that uh, it's going to be the number one guys for Fox, Joe Buck, and Troy Aikman. So they obviously know that this game is a, pi a pivotal one in the one o'clock window. And then eight o'clock, we got Washington versus the Eagles. Eagles, obviously, we already mentioned this last episode, but they're out of the playoffs, um, you know, or they're they're eliminated basically. So just your 
you know, your hopes and then your predictions for Sunday for both games, you know, you think Giants will be in the playoffs come next week. My hopes are that we'll be in the playoffs. Um, I'm the kind of guy that's like, if there's games out there to win, go win them. You know, even if the Giants had one, two wins right now, I, I'd want to go into week 17 and get a win. Um, I'm not one that's high on the top 10 draft picks. A lot of top 10 draft picks fail. I mean, a lot of them do well too, though, but a lot of them fail. You got to have a great assessment on the draft to be able to pull in the right guy that's going to be, uh, you know, bring in productivity for your team. Um, so as far as the one o'clock game, I want the Giants to get the win. Um, I, I looked at last week with the Ravens game and I felt like we were outnumbered in that game. I, I felt like we were outmatched. The Ravens were coming into that game. I want to say off three games scoring over 30 points. You know, that offense has been on fire. Lamar Jackson has been running the ball. Fantastic. You got, um, JK Dobbins running the ball. So I felt like we were outmatched now with this Dallas Cowboys team. I do think we can hang with them, but it's going to take one of, um, Daniel Jones best games of the year. We haven't had good games for Daniel Jones this year either. Um, and he's going to have to show up this year or this game. Um, for us to even have a chance at winning. Um, I don't think this team is ready for the playoffs, you know, but, you know, once you get in, it's a fresh season and anything can happen. Um, the Giants were 7-7 seven and seven in 2011 going into week 15 with Eli Manning and Victor Cruz on that offense. And I know a lot of Giants fans were probably thinking that team wasn't ready for the playoffs. Not as great as this team is not ready for the play uh, playoffs. We're looking at a team with five wins, 10 losses. I mean, it's crazy. It's going to make history if the Giants can make our way into the playoffs at 6-10. and 10. There's never been a team at 6-10 and 10 to ever, you know, make the playoffs. So, but both teams that have gotten into the playoffs with the lowest records, both won their first round matchups. And Carolina did it, I want to say, with a backup quarterback. Um... You know, when they got in at like seven, eight, and one or whatever it was, I forget the other team who got in. Oh, Seattle got in at eight and eight or seven and nine one year too. And they won their first game. I mean, you know, the advantage is you're going to have that home playoff game this year with COVID-19 lingering around the uh, whole NFL. You know, that doesn't give you a big advantage at um, having home field advantage, but a home playoff game nonetheless is going to be great experience for this young team, you know, and just getting to, just getting to have that experience would be awesome. Uh, last week, we needed the chips to fall our way. And they did, you know, we, we had Dallas take an L. We had Washington take an L. I don't have much faith in Washington with whoever they put at quarterback uh, with Alex Smith or with uh, Taylor Heineke. I think Taylor Heineke did come in and play good ball though. So, I mean, I think he scares me a little bit more than a, a unhealthy Alex Smith, um, but it's going to take the Giants offense is going to have to go out here and at least put up 24 points. I think for us to even think about getting a win against the Dallas Cowboys. Andy Dalton has been playing pretty hot, but I feel like he's been facing teams that haven't gotten a lot of pressure on them, you know, in these last three games. And that kind of surprised me in the Philadelphia game because Philadelphia has been up there. They've been top three in sacks throughout the whole year. And it kind of surprised me that they couldn't get a lot of pressure on Andy Dalton to force him to make mistakes. The Giants are going to have to show up. We, we've seen three straight weeks here. This defense just totally not showing up. The zone coverage has not worked out well these last couple of weeks. And in the beginning of the year, we, we saw a lot of success with the zone coverage. They switched it up a little bit when we went into Seattle with Colt McCoy. And we, we saw a lot of cover two man on the defensive side of the ball. And we were lucky enough to be down at the half uh, five to nothing in that game. We can't go down two scores, you know, in, in this game against Dallas. I think we go down two scores. You can chop it up as an L. And I think Dallas Cowboys are probably going to walk their way into the playoffs with, with Washington facing a hot, hot Jalen Hurts. He's lost two games where he's played well. They just got to put a little bit of help around him. And I think, I think the Eagles can easily win this game, um, especially with the tape that is out now on the defense. Uh, from the Washington football team because we know now Chase Young is is a bona fide monster on the defensive side of the ball. You got to watch out for him. The strip sacks are a thing that he definitely goes for, and it kind of reminds me of a Khalil Mack, Vaughn Miller kind of vibes, um, where you know when you step up in that pocket, just because that defensive edge rusher got past you, that doesn't mean that he's gone. You better protect that ball. There was a chance there for the Carolina Panthers to completely put that game away. They were in the red zone. And Chase Young comes up with another strip sack. He came up with the one where Teddy Bridgewater tried to get rid of the ball, kind of got hit on the way out, and that was an interception. So I'm looking at that as an interception for Chase Young and a strip sack for Chase Young, and he recovered his own strip sack. So, I mean, this guy's all over the place. Um, definitely a guy you want to you wanna game plan against um, if you're, you're an offense facing that Washington defense. Um, but as far as Dallas, I do think that that defense is vulnerable. The Giants should be able to put up some points. We got the um, one up with Jason Garrett knowing a little bit about their personnel and he should have a little bit of an advantage about how to scheme against them. But I, I think it's going to start with the run. We got to get Wayne Gallman back on track here, um, get him back to the, to the carries that he was getting around, you know, week 10 to week 12, you know, where he was seeing the ball 16 plus uh, times in a game. 
And let's just get back to New York Giants football, hammering the ball, running the ball well, and stopping the run, you know. And, and these holes that we're seeing on our defense in the secondary, we got to fix that. I mean, our coverage has been terrible. I don't know if that's because DeAndre Holmes or DeAndre Holmes, Darnay Holmes has been out of the game um, for, for two weeks here. But they got to clean that up. Um, I like what I'm seeing a little bit out of Xavier McKinney, uh, McKinney but you are still seeing a little bit of youth there. He's got to get better. Um, and tackling was an issue here against the Ravens. I mean, they, they got to tackle better. We, we're going to have to go against Zeke, and we know how Zeke performs against these New York Giants. You, you see that spoon-eating thing happening a lot when we play against Zeke. So I think it starts by stopping Zeke and then uh, coverage on the back end. We're going to have to be able to cover these wide receivers. They, they have one of the most deadliest wide receiver cores in the NFL, but at quarterback Andy Dalton, I don't got much faith in him. I was saying that Andy Dalton was a bit cooked going into this season. It's kind of proved me wrong, so I'm, I'm hoping that the Giants could come out here and, and you know, put the brakes on this Cowboys offense. I really hope so. You know, I, and and whether or not, I mean, the pick is fine. That's not really what I'm worried about. I know it would be very, very, very unlikely, but if all the teams that are in front of us win, then we can go up to the number three pick if we lose. And then I think, uh, obviously, Dallas, I think, has to knock off Washington. Or it, I think, yeah, I think Dallas has to knock off Washington, and then we can, like, get the third pick as well as all the other teams ahead of us winning. So, I it, it's not it's not the pick for me that really does it. So like I, I really yeah. think if we're able to win this game and then Washington's able to lose, that would be great. And I think a, a, a game a game next Sunday would would be fun or next weekend whenever we play. I think it would be great a playoff game. Yeah, it definitely would. Yeah, you can catch Authentic on YouTube at Authentic and Authentic and the Beard, and you can also catch him on Twitter at Authentic. Thanks so much for coming on today. Oh, I appreciate y'all for having me, man. That's, that's, that's big love, man. And y'all are welcome to pop up on our channel anytime. That was our interview with Authentic. We really hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. That was a fun interview uh, with Authentic. We were able to talk some Giants. Now let's go to our picks. So once again, next week we are going to have our regular season picks combined, our record, and then obviously it'll carry into the playoffs, even ending with the Super Bowl. And we'll tell you the overall winner. Hopefully it's not a blowout so we can, you know, you know, the playoffs will actually count. But we'll let you know next week. I went 10-5. and five. Alex went 10-5 and five in week 16. Alex will start us off with week 17 right now. All right, going into week 17, um, we're starting at 1 o'clock on Sunday. No Thursday night football, uh, no Saturday football. So we're going plain and simple. Sunday at 1 o'clock, we're going to start with the Falcons and Bucks, and we both have the Bucks in this one. Um, moving next to the Jets and the Patriots. Jets winning their past two games. Very surprising. I, didn't, I said they weren't going to win any this season, um, but Josh and I both have the Patriots. Uh, Vikings... Lions, we both have the Vikings. Um, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, um, we both have Cleveland. And then going to Ravens and Cincinnati, also getting a win last week. Um, but we're still going to go with the Ravens, both Josh and I. Um, and Miami and Buffalo, we're both going to go for the Dolphins in that one. All right, so coming up now, we have Seahawks and 49ers. We both have the Seahawks. And the next game is going to be Cardinals-Rams. We're both going to have the Cardinals. That's going to be a big game. Colts against the Jaguars, we both have the Colts-Titans. Against the Texans, we both have the Titans. Next game is going to be Broncos-Raiders. We finally disagree. I have the Alex has the Broncos, I have the Raiders. Then next game is going to be Chargers-Chiefs. Disagree once again. Alex has the Chargers, I have the Chiefs. Packers versus the Bears. Disagree again. Alex has the Bears, I have the Packers. It's funny how this is in a row. Saints-Panthers, uh, Saints both have the Saints. Eagles, Washington, disagree in the final game. Alex has the Eagles. I the Washington football team. I'm going fully negative this week. I just noticed that. Let's go into the GiantTake.com. Alex, go ahead. The GiantTake.com. We have blog posts on there. New one coming soon. Um, we have episodes that you can go listen to if you can't listen on Apple Podcasts, anywhere else, etc. Um, and we could also have on the homepage uh, a form that you can fill out to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you updates on all those things, blogs, episodes, any announcements, everything. Um, and also you can support the podcast by clicking support the podcast on the website and it'll take you to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the giant take. Um, and that has a $2 tier with fan requests. 
shout out on the podcast and a private community and it helps us out a lot go follow alex on twitter at anorian 23 go follow me on twitter at joshilla 29 also while you're on twitter go follow two accounts this account at the giant take pod gives you game updates another twitter that you can follow is talking blues pod that is a chelsea podcast that i do with alex that's about a soccer team in england in the premier league um so go follow those two we both give you game updates and you know stuff like that it's really perfect to keep you in the loop with all the news on the teams um, that we cover on the podcast. So wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the Giant Take and Talking Blues. Give us a five-star rating and review. Really helps us out. Gets us on the iTunes charts. So we'd really appreciate it. Also, please share with one friend, share with friends and family, and be sure to share on your social medias. Be sure to tag us at the Giant Take Pod if you're going to do it on Twitter. If you're going to do it on Instagram and Facebook, please follow us there, first of all, and then share the podcast. It would be great. Really appreciate it. And um, I think that'll do it for episode number 73 of the Giant Take Podcast. Alex? This has been episode number 73 of the Giant Take Podcast. I've been your host, Alex, always joined by Josh. And we'll see you next time with another Giants recap. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.